All right, everyone. Uh, thank you for waiting the last couple minutes. Um, I'm fully pulling back the curtain here and saying that I'm, I'm trying to finish up uh, a story at Bleach Report right now. I'm texting with my editor, so um, I'm going to be taking your calls and talking here um, while I also tweet this shit out and whatever. But it's gonna we're gonna we're gonna do our best. We're gonna bring you guys what we can. Um, obviously. I mean, this was something, and this being Kevin Durant uh, requesting a trade from the Brooklyn Nets about an hour ago now, you know, only a couple hours before free agency. I mean, this was absolutely something that everyone in the NBA was talking about and rival teams were preparing for back on Monday as Kyrie Irving was waffling and and, and considering what to do uh, with his decision-making on his option. Um, and you know, as I'm going to write, and as we're going to talk about here, like Kevin Durant requesting a trade is going to open the door for literally any possible outcome here, um, for teams that, that want to go make a move on, on, on one of the greatest players in NBA history, which is likely going to be most teams, right? Like, I think you could rule out Milwaukee trading Giannis for him, right? Like stuff like that. Like the Sixers aren't calling up with Joel Embiid, but I mean, there's going to be like we'll start with with you know Phoenix and Miami um, being you know that, that, that I, I mean everyone on the league that I was talking to on Monday was saying those were the options that and people who would know it too, but also that was like the, the eco chamber. Um, as well was that Phoenix and Miami were, were, were the two options that he clearly had at the top of his wish list. I just had a call from someone in Durant's vicinity, let's say like a second before I, t- I started the show at four here saying that that guy's best guess would be Miami. Like there's a, so those are the two destinations I've heard the most um, from there. Um, you know, that's going to be, I mean, it's going to be very, very, very complicated. Who knows? Maybe this happens tonight and it goes all because Brooklyn gets the like their dream offer that they make whatever I, I would be shocked I think this is going to take a good bit of time the free agency market is going to still spin like things will happen there's going to be a lot that's unconnected to the Durant deal like the Hawks for example you know they they had the Dejounte deal like they got things they're, they're looking to do but like um you know I just it's going to be that DeAndre Ayton's market might get held up by all. Like this is going to be this is uh, this is a crazy, crazy bomb that dropped. This could el- I mean, I I'm fully, fully, fully expecting there to at least be conversations about this somehow becoming a massive four or five team blockbuster that gets Kyrie Irving to the Lakers. Being that this is, I mean, I, I this is going to be in my story that's coming up here any second. Um, I'm still monitoring my texts from my editor to see, and then we're going to get to your calls. We got nine in the queue. Hopefully, more and more people show up. Um, this is going to be something that I think really does potentially take a turn into the Kyrie Lakers stuff because I mean, I think I, I haven't spoken to Durant or anyone super super in Durant's orbit at this point. That I mean, this just happened. I've been trying to get the story. I get ready for the show, but my best educated guess as to why this might have finally flipped flip switched and gotten to this point was that the talk about Kyrie wanting to go to LA did not die out after he picked up that option. Um, and whether that was going to be him getting traded at some point, um, 
or you know him getting there via free agency next year. You know, for him to get there now, or for him to have gotten there, you know, by opting in and getting dealt, it would have the CBA wise, math wise, it would have almost had to have sent Russell Westbrook out the door. The Nets, from my understanding, and it seems pretty clear and on on the, on the surface anyway, had no interest really in taking Russell Westbrook back. That would have had to have been at least a three-team deal, probably a four-team deal as well to both compensate Russell Westbrook or compensate a team for taking in Russell Westbrook and then also still getting Brooklyn stuff back because even now, even with Kevin Durant's trade request, the Nets, it's my understanding, the Nets are going to want to still try to compete for a championship. They are not going to go into any type of rebuild. They're going to try to get back the best offer to help them capture a title and I mean that that's just going to be the gu- the guiding principle and and the Russell picks wasn't going to be that they, uh, they weren't going to be able to get you know a deal from the Lakers that, that would have really satisfied their desires there so if this turns into you know big multi-team I, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen because it's going to take crazy cap calculations but look, the Lakers ended up pulling off a five-team sign-and-trade that got Russell Westbrook there um, last season. So it's going to be wild. That's kind of my initial off-the-brain dump that I'm going to tell you all right now as I am still waiting for my editor to push me a published link. Um, we've got a full 50 minutes left to just take your calls. Um, since I've got no co-host, I'll try to be a little conversational with you guys. I feel like an asshole when I take one question and kick you guys to the curb. So I'm going to try to you know, have a little bit of back and forth. And, and I, I love doing this. I love talking with everybody. So I'm, I'm more than happy to. But I do want to try to keep it quickly moving because I know, I mean, this is, I mean, everything else I could say about KD could honestly, um, you know, overshadow and change everything. It's not, right? Like we talk about musical chairs, like eventually – you know, the music is going to stop and Kevin Durant can only get traded to one team. So all the other stuff around the league will definitely follow, you know, as largely anticipated. There's going to be a massive wrinkle, of course, but I'm more than happy to talk about other teams as well. Um, so let's start off with our first call. Um, Ansh, if I'm uh, pronouncing that correctly. What's up? How are you? I'm good, Jake. Thanks for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, uh... You got it. I'm a big Suns fan, and my head is really spinning right now. Uh, I was going to ask you, you know, I look at the package the Suns can offer. Definitely, it would include an Aiton sign-and-trade. Um, Cam Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, possibly both of them, along with Aiton. I, I was wondering, you know, how much say do you think that Kevin Durant has in all this process? I don't think that we have quite as many assets as the Pelicans or Grizzlies, especially because the Pelicans could probably throw Zion into that deal if they really wanted to. So I was wondering, can Katie kind of influence what market he wants to play in? I know he has four years left on his deal. Just how do you see his leverage in relation to what team he goes to? So, I mean, the fact that Brooklyn is in this contending sphere, right? Any team that wants to win, they want to have access and relationship with star players. So I'm sure they're going to try to work with him to get to him at least to a situation that he wants to go to, right? Like not – but that's not saying that like he's only going to go to where he like his top top choices. If in theory, like you know, obviously you just mentioned New Orleans and Memphis. Let's say in theory he did want to, he, or, or you know, the Pelicans ended up bringing the best offer to the table, right? In theory, then I mean, it, I mean Brooklyn has no reason 
no reason at all to still try to get him to Phoenix or Miami. Um, so I think they'll try to work with him. That's 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 my understanding. But, I mean, they're not going to be beholden to where he wants to go. Um, I mean, I just – it's I mean, to get him to Phoenix, from my understanding, as I, I'm planning to write at BR any second here, waiting for the link, uh, and then I'll stop making that reference. I'm just a little bit uh, antsy. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't think the, the DeAndre and sign trade is going to get Brooklyn's interest up at all. To me, from what I've been told, a deal that's going to get Kevin Durant to Phoenix, the Nets are going to say, "Well, it's not starting without Devin Booker." So I don't know. If, I mean, clearly Devin Booker would want to be would be a massive reason why Kevin Durant would want to go there. So obviously, that's going to be, you know, we'll see how that goes. But don't just snap your fingers and say, "Oh, with DeAndre and sign and trade with all these other deals." Um, I mean, it would almost certainly – I mean, the starting point of the negotiation, I can say that confidently, is going to be give us Booker or, or, or nothing. Man, I, I, don't, I don't really see the Suns going along with that. I don't know how I feel about that as a Suns fan. I mean, I think, I think you'd obviously do it, but I think – I don't really see KD wanting to play there without Book. You don't think a Cam Johnson, Mikhail, and Aiton signing trade is – you don't think those three guys gets it done? I don't think that's going to be their best offer for Kevin Durant. I really don't. Is there one guy on that in that package that could be a clear number one best player on a championship team one day, or at least seems to have that that ceiling? No, definitely not. That's who, what they're looking th- for. Who do you think can offer that? It's going to be tough. I mean, the Pelicans are a pretty obvious, you know, landing spot, but or, or answer. But like, I don't know what their appetite's going to be. To, to go do that, um, I mean, it, it's just tough to say. I, I have, I really haven't even gone down the down the. It's just my brain is scrambled, obviously. But I mean, they're going to want higher than that, so they're at least going to try to. If that's their best offer from Phoenix, they're at least going to try to beat that. I can tell you that very confidently. I got you. I appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Jake. You got it, man. All right, we are going with Kyle. Kyle, how we doing? You're on mute, Kyle. Not too bad. How are you doing, Jake? I'm pretty frazzled, as you can probably tell. Uh, but we're having oh, man, fun. We all are. We're having fun with it. Yeah, yeah, we all are. I was uh, in the middle of a service call. I'm an IT technician, and uh, my phone started blowing up on that, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I will say my phone, maybe this is interesting to the listeners, my phone blew up, obviously, as well, but really not from people in the league. It was mostly from friends because, I mean, when stuff like this drops, everyone starts to talk with their team people and try to figure out how they can get Kevin Durant, right? So I think that was also, like, kind of expected, but just an interesting thing to share with the people. Right. Well, I got one question for you, and I'll let the next person go. Uh, obviously, the Sacramento Kings are not going to go after Kevin Durant. <laughs> well, I'm sure that definitely is a given. Ball. I'm sure they're going to play the ball. I'm sure. Uh, but is there anything else new out of, outside of that camp uh, as far as what the heck's going on with them? Sacramento, as I said last night with Mark Stein, um, they seem to be the leading candidate to, to get Malik Monk. I know um, he told the Athletic uh, that he would, in theory, um, be willing to take less than the taxpayer mid-level to go to the Lakers. Then I was told, eh, 
Sounds like he's actually looking for more. I think he's going to get more from Sac. That's that's my read. So that's the only real thing right. I've heard about, about Sacramento, aside from the fact that, I mean, especially with the Monk detail, don't think Dante DiVincenzo is going back there. And, and obviously they, they pulled his qualifying offer. And he's an unrestricted free agent, and they're looking to find a home for him elsewhere, they being his people. Right. I'm still open that they're somewhat in the, you know, still chatting with uh, Atlanta about John Collins, you know, uh, possibly going down that avenue, maybe still. That would be exciting to have him there. Yeah, I, I know the Kings had interest in him for sure. They were never, they were never, from my understanding, looking to move the number four pick for him. Um, I don't know where those talks stand at all. It's been super quiet on John. Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but I also wouldn't be expecting them to be uh, pretty seriously involved with John Collins at all. Yeah. All right, Jake. Well, I appreciate it. I'll let the next person go. I know you got a whole you bunch of people it. here. Thank you, Kyle. Um, before, Thank you. Before I take Ethan, for anyone listening who wants to call in, um, if you make an account on the app, you can definitely do so. And once you make an account, uh, definitely please subscribe to our show. Uh, we go live twice a week, um, and we're going to be taking your calls and answering everything we can twice a week throughout the whole offseason. We're doing this all the time, so... Um, you'll get push notifications um, whenever we're about to go live, and you'll be able to talk here and call in. So um, I'm going to get to the comments at some point, probably in the next 10 minutes or so. So definitely drop some questions in there. As I, I know we already have a bunch, um, but uh, this is an audio platform. For those who don't know, this gets uh, seen as a podcast on, on here, on call-in, on, on Apple, on Spotify. Um, so we definitely encourage and want to, I mean, I want to talk to you guys rather than read the comments, you know? So along those lines, we are bringing up Ethan next. Ethan, how are we doing? Hey, Jake. Call. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks for joining. So you alluded to this a little bit, uh, earlier when you were talking, but do you think that this Kevin Durant will like, obviously trade request news will like hold up the rest of the signings later, or at least a lot of them, just because. Obviously, if you're a team and you're like, oh, we have a 5% chance of getting Kevin Durant, why would we commit to a mid-level exception? <laughs> you know, like, do you think that that'll uh, delay some stuff? Um, well, so the mid-level exception market, that's the one that's been the most active um, in conversations I've had. I mean, I want to be very careful what I say because I don't want to get anyone in trouble because, you know, <gasps> people are talking before they should, should be talking. Um, so all the, all the speculation, I would say, all the well-informed speculation around the league about where this guy could be going or what Chicago, for example, could do with their mid-level or the Lakers or Boston or this, those types of numbers, those types of guys aren't going to be involved um, in a trade for Kevin Durant, especially because they're free agents right now. They won't be able to get dealt. And those guys probably won't be part of um, a a massive, you know, multi-team sign trade. They maybe could, but also, you know, like that sign and trade with the Lakers last year that ultimately got Spencer Dinwiddie to Washington and Westbrook to, LA and, and all the other stuff that was part of that deal. Um, teams can agree in principle once July, like, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see a tweet that, um, you know, if Danilo Gallinari ends up uh, going to Boston, like, I mean, I, I think, I think they're his top choice. I think he's their top choice um, for their mid-level exception. That's how I understand it. If that, you know, if that comes to an agreement here, uh, you know, after everything starts here at six o'clock, like I doubt that deal like will be held up. Maybe it'll be unofficial as, you know, people still wait. Um, 
people still wait um, to, to make things finalized, but also those things can shut and, and close too. Like this morning, you know, I, I reported the July 8th detail about Danilo Gallinari's partial guarantee got moved back um, to try to see if there were other deals on the table that could have been included with it. Clearly there wasn't because the deal then got pushed through. Um, but that was, that was definitely a, a lot of the talk this morning um, from people I was speaking with that, no, what's Atlanta going to try to keep doing here? Because that deal isn't official, and they and they only moved Gallo's date back. They didn't actually give him more money now, but I definitely have it confirmed for multiple people that um, Gallo's getting thirteen million now. So he clearly got rewarded for pushing that deal back, that guaranteed date back to the eighth, to allow the Hawks to explore a little bit. So Gallo basically got a couple free million dollars for the Hawks, basically to not pull off a, a bigger portion of that deal, honestly. But to really get back to your question. Um, so, I mean, teams are going to start to find out very quickly to go back to our earlier talk with Anch, like that Suns offer uh, in theory of DeAndre Ayton. And also the, another element of the DeAndre Ayton signing trade was maybe DeAndre Ayton gets a better offer elsewhere. And all of a sudden he's not a piece that could even go to Brooklyn. Um, so, you know, one, but still, if he is on the board, if the Nets do show an inclination to talk, um, to talk about DeAndre in which I'm going to write this at BR if a story comes, checking my text from an editor, no link yet. Um, if that story, or sorry, if, um, you know, it's indicated that DeAndre would have interest in Brooklyn and vice versa, and the Nets and the, and the Suns know that, okay, we could have these players go into KD, they'll probably have to stop all their other stuff. They'll probably be working on other contingencies if they don't get it. But that will probably hold up them, for example. So any team that after early calls with Brooklyn, any team that has a package and has been told that their package is, is going to be considered or going to be close, they will probably have to wait on some other things and see how things unfold. But like to use an example with the DeJounte stuff, like I was told from someone today with New York that Yes, they called about DeJounte Murray after things started to seem clear that Jalen Brunson was their guy, that they're going to, it seems like they're going to get him. Um, but like very quickly understood that the Hawks offer was going to be something they couldn't match. And the Knicks knew very quickly they were not a real threat there. So they've moved on with their life, you know? That's kind of, I think, how this will unfold for everyone with Kevin Durant. That makes a bunch of sense. Thank you so much, Jake. You got it. Thank you for the question. That was pretty, uh, helpful to move the conversation along all right we are going to we're going to jacob it's not the app it's my phone jacob how are you doing hey i'm good jake how are you i'm hanging in we are surviving <laughs> i hear that man hey a little bit of a palate cleanser from the kd stuff for a moment Let's do uh it. on on saturday sam presti at his press conference with the four thunder rookies mentioned that he was going to exercise the option for lou dort play out this last season and let him become an unrestricted free agent next summer unless something changed yesterday they pick or they declined the option i'm sorry and lou dort will be an unrestricted or sorry a restricted free agent uh coming up here in a couple of hours any insight on what shifted there and is the overwhelming expectation that Lou Dort and the Oklahoma City Thunder come to an agreement pretty quickly on an extended deal? Uh, or is there more to this? I, I would, that is my educated guess on what that would be. Same thing with Jay Sean Tate in Houston, where 
Um, I mean, it happened with Isaiah Hartenstein. Uh, not Isaiah Hartenstein. I keep messing that up because it was a ripple effect of that. It happened with Avika Zubac in the clip with the Clippers, right? Where they declined or they waived his option. He signed a new deal. Um, that typically doesn't get reported as it did, right? Typically that stuff waits until after, uh, you know, we're, we're fully on free agency. So, I, yes, I would think that's where things are going. Awesome. Uh, any insight on what the switch was on why the Thunder would be considering picking up the option and then decide to decline it? Was it my assumption is that maybe Dort's camp decided to to lower the asking price of how much money they were looking for, but anything more to that that you know, or uh, is it just kind of grasping at straws on this one? No, that's that's a very good assumption because, like, to go right back to the Zubach thing, I was told that the Clipper that the Clippers wanted him to be at around ten million, and I believe the final number that got reported was three thirty three, and I and that Zubach wanted a bit more. So yeah, I mean, I think that deal got done because his ask because Zubach's and his people's asking price got lowered. So I think that's a very 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 reasonable assumption to make. Awesome, I appreciate it, Jake. You got it. All right. One of my regulars, Ice. How we doing? What's up, Jake? How are you doing? We're surviving, man. Are you happy now that your profile picture has come to fruition? <laughs> um, I'm extremely excited, but I'm really wondering what's kind of like the next steps. We still have John Collins on the roster. We got Bogey and Kevin Herter in a crowded guard room. But I'm also wondering, do you think that the Hawks kind of knew about this KD situation a lot of people on Twitter are like, well, why would the Hawks make the deal? And then now, 24 hours later, Kevin Durant's on the market. Do you think they kind of knew about that? And then kind of what's the potential ripple effect of now acquiring DeJounte, especially now that the Hawks have even announced the trade and made it official? Yeah, the only ripple effect in terms of Atlanta is, you know, Brooklyn was in theory a team that was interested in John Collins. So, like... Does he does he find a way somehow to the Nets in like a bigger four or five whatever massive blockbuster trade? Uh, to like that's that's just like one random thing off the top of my head because no, to your point. Once the deal is like that, that deal is official. So yeah, I mean maybe the Hawks have buyer's remorse about making that happen. I'm sure they're thrilled. I mean Dejounte clearly he was a guy that they were trying to target. Clearly he was a guy that Trey wanted to play with and Trey wanted to play with him. Or, and DeJounte wanted to play with him, excuse me. So I'm sure they're still happy about their situation. And the fact they are willing to give up two unprotected firsts and a third first and a pick swap clearly shows their you know motivation to make a deal happen there. I saw at The Athletic, I believe Chris Kirshner and Sam Anderk reported that they were you know mulling over what their package would be for KD um, if it happened you know earlier in the week. So, I mean, look, everyone in the league I was talking to on Monday – was talking about the potential for Kevin Durant trades. Then Kyrie opts in, and I was on the phone with a lot of people all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, and I even like you know texting and calling around earlier today. No one was talking about Kevin Durant. I do not think many people. I mean, I think very, very, very few people outside of the Brooklyn Nets organization were prepared for Kevin Durant to request a trade today. They were prepared, being that. There was an idea already earlier in the week, but not like fully prepared for this to happen. No, appreciate it, Jake. All right, Ice. Uh, we're going to Connor. Connor, how are you? 
you were on mute. You got me, Jake? Yes. What's going on? Awesome. All right, so more on KD. I'm just yeah. looking at assets across the league. Two teams that stand out to me. You got New Orleans and Memphis. Um, five unprotected firsts available from Memphis. They could trade right now. I know Brooklyn is looking for competing with a cha- uh, for a championship, but also New Orleans has six unprotected firsts. They could trade right now. That's a Lakers 2024 and a Milwaukee 2024, Zion, Brandon Ingram. And I've been listening to a Columbia master's student that works um, with the G League who spoke really highly of Dyson Daniels as well, who they acquired through the draft. So when you're looking at those two teams who aren't included with Phoenix and Miami, what do you see there with uh, just what they can offer for KD? So to my beginning point, like, a deal to Memphis, the Nets aren't getting excited about five picks. Same with, you know, six picks or whatever um, with New Orleans. Like, they're going to want pieces. So, like, for him to get to Memphis, I can't see a world where it's not Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson that um, that the Nets would want back and to try to maybe find form a new big three with Ben, Desmond, and, and, and Jaron. Like, that would be, like, from, from my understanding, which is pretty good of what Brooklyn would want here, like – it was it was made very clear to me. I'm sure it's been made and being made right now, very clear around the league, um, that they're gonna need your best fucking offer. Like, don't fuck around with us. Put a put an offer on the table. Um, that that's, um, that that's where things are gonna have to start. There, the number of picks and all that, that is not going to be. Um, that is not going to be something that's really going to get Brooklyn's attention. Like the Spurs clearly wanted as much draft capital for DeJounte Murray as they could get. The Nets are going to want the package back as going to give them the best opportunity to, to compete. All right, Connor, thank you. We are moving on to Jacob. Jacob, how are we doing today? Can you hear me, Jake? I got gotcha. you. Yeah, for All just right. a programming note for everyone else, when you when you come on, you you start off on mute, so – Look out for that. Unmute yourself and we'll get rocking. How you doing, Jacob? I'm doing great. How are you? Can't complain. All right. So I'm a Celtics fan. I know everyone on here is going to be asking about Kevin Durant, where he's going. Is he going to my <laughs> team? Is he going to his team? But I was wondering um, if you think or like anything that you might have heard of, if there's a possibility that Celtics can get KD without giving up Jalen Brown. I know that's like a long stretch. No. And all. I no. know you even said about the Aiden thing. You no. don't even think that. No. There's no way for KD to get to Boston without Jalen Brown. Not even close. All right. I figured out <laughs> that. I didn't think it was enough, but you never know, man. You're good, man. I mean, I'm going to move on to Alejandro here. For anyone who wants to ask another Kevin Durant question about where he could go, I'm going to keep saying it. The Nets are going to ask for the best player that they can get. I mean, obviously in a Memphis deal, right, they're not getting Ja. So, like – you can eliminate those guys for even like the Nets are going to obviously ask for Ja in the event that Memphis calls, but obviously Memphis isn't going to do that. And maybe they would, who the hell knows, but like, you gotta, like, you gotta, you can't even ask a question of what is it going to take to get Kevin Durant here on my team? If you're not willing to talk about your obvious best trade asset, Alejandro, what do you got? Hey Jake, uh, I'll make this quick since you're pretty busy. Uh, I was wondering if you heard anything about T.J. Warren, what his market is, how his health is, and 
uh, yeah, what teams are interested, stuff like that. So TJ Warren, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing at a tweet. Someone, uh, uh, someone I trust very much said that he was someone on, on Boston shortlist for their, ta- for their tax pyramid level. Um, really though, it does sound like that's going to be Danilo Gallinari. I think, like I said at the top, I think they're his first choice. I think he's their first choice. Um, so I would be surprised if that doesn't get done at all. Gallo's had interest from a lot of teams like Chicago and Miami elsewhere. Um, so with TJ, look, if, if, if this is also like, think about, we're, we're talking about the game of musical chairs, right? So if Malik Monk, who was supposed to be in theory, um, if Malik Monk was supposed to in theory be, um, <laughs> someone just texted me, anything going on around the NBA. Um, if Malik Monk is in theory going to Sacramento on their mid-level, that would leave the mid-level open for the Lakers. And when I was asking people around the league today for their best guess um, as to uh, who would be that player, um, TJ Warren was a name that was repeatedly mentioned to me by, by people. So I, I'm not saying I've heard that they've had interest and he's – I mean, I'm sure he's trying to get – um, I'm sure TJ Warren is trying to get as much of the, of the mid-level as he can. And if the Lakers ha- have it open and they make that offer, I, I would think he would, I would think his ears would perk up. So that's one guess of where he could go. I think he could be an option in Miami too, where Miami is going to look to use their full mid-level. It sounds like to try to replace PJ Tucker. Um, and they're in that Gallo market, right? TJ Warren's a similar player, just like he's also, um, or a similar stylistic player while he's also an option in Boston. And I've heard the Heat are trying to, um, or have, or at least exploring ways to trade for Jay Crowder. Like that's the type of player they're looking to replace PJ Tucker with. It sounds like, um, so maybe TJ Warren would be an option there. All right, thanks. Nope. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it and everything that you do. You, uh, you've become one of the best uh, NBA reporters. So, thank, thank you, you, Alejandro. It means so much. Um, all right, we will go to Lorenz now. Lorenz. Um, hold on one second, if you don't mind. All right, Lorenz, what, what, what do we got? How are we doing? Yes. Yeah, uh, with Katie making the headlines right now, uh, my question is regarding a former superstar in Carmelo Anthony. Uh, do you have any updates on it? Will he play in LA or will he come back to New York? Sorry, can you ask, can you say it one more time? Uh, my question is about Carmelo Anthony. Do you have any updates on him? No, no Carmelo updates, actually. have not heard a thing about him. Sorry. I, I, I would assume no. he's going to have interest places on the played very well with the Lakers. Okay. I would think he probably even yeah. has an option to go back there, honestly. You got it. My guy, Baller SP. Baller SP sent me a DM on Twitter before I closed my DMs to all the trolls who were uh, – um, messing with me about DeJounte and other things. Uh, Baller SP reached out to me and said, have you heard anything about Kyrie wanting to go to the Lakers like a month ago? And I did, but I didn't believe it at the time. So I said, eh, nothing sensitive. And then Baller SP called me out and said, see, I told you. Baller SP, how are we doing? That's right, Jake. Good. How are you doing? I knew I had to, I knew I had to give you that shout out because you were going to mention it otherwise. Hey man, I appreciate it. Appreciate the shout out. So, so, um, want to ask about KD, of course. Um, and what I, I guess what I'm curious about is how much of the trade 
is um, dependent on where KD would want to go and how much is it like the Nets just taking the best package. Like, does KD get, is he going to make a short list that the Nets are going to go off of? Or is it like if the Cavs offer Evan Mobley, he's going to Cleveland? Um, like I've said, I think, I mean, I don't think Evan Mobley gets it done. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, hypothetically. I mean, yeah. The, the, the Nets are going to definitely, from my understanding, I'm sure they're going to make sure that Kevin Durant is at least excited about the opportunity to join whichever team he does. Um, and ultimately, you know, that's going to be a goal. But, like, they're going to – the Brooklyn Nets have one job to do. Sean Marks' front office has one job to do, and that's to get a title contender in shape for Josai. So they're gonna they're gonna find the best offer that helps them win now. Now that that's really you know the guiding light. I I can only really keep t- keep saying about it. Okay. Do you get any sense that uh, Sean Marks' job is on the line? No. I think this will be an opportunity for Sean Marks to flex his acumen, and if they're able to pu- pull this, I mean, look, I, you know, I'm in a, a high school fantasy football group chat with all my high school buddies who are all from Philly, all diehard Sixers fans. And they're already cackling. Oh, we won the James Harden trade. We won the James Harden trade. We did. Like on its, on its principle, on value, like you could say at the moment that at the moment of the, of the trade that Brooklyn won that deal, right? They turned James Harden wanting out into Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first, right? That was a pretty good deal. So yeah. look, if they're able, I mean, if Sean Marks is able to hold the Suns over a barrel and say, "Give me Devin Booker," or we're not talking here, then like, not only will the Nets be fine, likely, you know, and Devin Booker has been an MVP candidate on the best team in the league for the last two years in a row, regular season wise, wire to wire, right? Like, who's to say him and like a rehab Ben Simmons and other pieces can't, um, you know, be a, a leading factor in the East next year or, or whatever their package is? Like, I'm not ruling out a scenario where the Nets get back a package that still keeps them right in the, the thick of things in the East because the league is just so wide open right now. I mean, there's going to be five, six teams, I think, that have a chance at winning the title or, or, or at least – even, you know, there'll be at least two or three teams that got a bona fide chance to make it out of each conference, maybe even more every year now. There's just so much talent in the league. And with the way, you know, players are requesting trade. I mean, that's one thing I haven't said about KD that in this situation that I'll say now. If we if there was conversation around the NBA about Ben Simmons' trade request, which yeah, I know you followed very closely, Baller SP. If there was conversation then about, about guys – taking a big contract and then requesting a trade and how that was screwing over teams and how it's going to be impacted in the next CBA. I mean, Kevin Durant just signed a four-year extension and now he's requesting a trade. Like, I mean, this, I, I haven't talked to anybody about it yet, but I will guarantee you that the talks of in this next CBA, will there be some type of penalty for a player requesting a trade? Will you lose 60% of your salary that season? Will you be dinged others? I don't know what's going to be, but there's going to be absolute conversation. I can guarantee it about giving some type of penalty for players who request a trade while under contract, especially guys. I'm sure it'll be triggered if they do come to some type of final thing. I'm sure, Cause I'm sure there'll be pitches from teams and from the league to the union to have triggers where, 
if you request it in, in your first year of your deal, it's even more penalizing than in your second or your third or your fourth. So that's going to be a real talking point here, um, uh, I think, moving forward as we get deeper into the summer and this new CBA talk really comes up uh, more and more. All right. Well, thanks, Jake. I appreciate that. You've been killing it recently and uh, always good to talk to you. Thank you, man. We will talk soon. Shannon with Kyrie in the Lakers jersey. What do we got? How are we doing? Hi. Um, hi, Jake. I have two questions. Um, my first question was, um, are there any teams you would like to see KD play with, like just as a basketball fan? Because I would like him with the Spurs or the Raptors just to see what he would look like under um, Pop and Nick Nurse. And my second question is, do you think um, the other Nets um, teammates thought like this could happen because Patty Mills opted out and then um, – Blake Griffin wasn't going to return, and then Drummond doesn't look like he was going to return. So do you think they had any idea? So I'll, I'll, I'll give your first or second question first. The Blake, the Andre stuff, look, there was not a lot of interest from, I think, both sides in both those situations for Blake and Andre to return. The Nets, the Nets clearly got burned by having a lot of older big men. As the only, I mean, their whole entire front court rotation was LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond throughout the season, right? So, and Paul Millsap to boot. So, I mean, they definitely, I, I don't think that was related. Patty Mills' situation, maybe. Because I can tell you this, the Nets were waiting to find out what he was going to do. Um, like, they were not, we talked about other options with excuse me, with Dort and Zubach and whatever, like Patty Mills didn't opt out from my understanding with like, oh, we've got a quick two-year deal ready to go here. Um, I, I think, yeah, you could be onto something there about him maybe wanting to suss out what his options really are um, after that. But to answer your question of where I would want him to see, I, mean, I don't really care, to be honest. Like as a fan oh, of the okay. league, <laughs> as a fan of the league, like I, I don't, I mean, I just kind of like to sit back and see what happens and react. Um, I mean, I Toronto is a very interesting scenario because, I mean, I ha- don't have this confirmed at all by any means. However, I would assure you that Masai Ujiri is calling up Brooklyn and they could offer a very, very, very enticing package um, that would feature – that would probably start – I mean, look, this, this is a good answer to Anch's question I remember at the top. So if you're listening to this recorded and you've gotten to 40 minutes I finally, and you were screaming to me for an answer, uh, you know, I finally got it. And if you've been listening along live, thank you so much. This has been so awesome. About, you know, well over 500 people in here this whole time. Um, Scotty Barnes coming back to Brooklyn would be a massive win for the Nets. And if you could put something together like Scotty and OG and still have pieces of a team, I mean, I think the, I think the Raptors are – I mean, the Raptors probably have already made a call. Like, I again, I don't have that confirmed, but I mean, the team that went and just went and got Kawhi Leonard with the full knowledge that he was most likely headed out the door to LA anyway and saw that it still got them a championship, you know, put Fred Van Vliet in that Kyle Lowry role of, of the, the, you know, the number two they already have. If they could somehow keep Pascal as well, if they could just do something where it's OG, um, where it's OG and uh, and um, Scotty coming back with other stuff, and there's still a, p- a team around Toronto. I would see Durant potentially 
looking at that and signing off on that deal. That'd be really interesting to me to see. I, again, we're just piecing together things. I have not heard that's been talked about, but it would be it would be a very interesting scenario to me. Okay, thank you. Bye. Have a good day. You got it. Take care. Daniel, uh, before I take you, and we're, again, we are fully pulling back the curtain here. My story is published. I'm going to give it like a, it's short. I'm going to give it a quick scroll uh, before I tweet it out. One second here. Thank you guys for bearing with me. Okay. We're taking on Daniel. Daniel, what is up? Hey, Jake, Daniel, uh, Sorry. Sorry. And then after Daniel, I'm going to run through a couple comments real quick and then we'll come up to Ruben. Daniel, how you doing, man? Yeah. Uh, could be doing better. I'm a Charlotte fan and it's not been uh, a fun off season, if you will. Um, that said, I was curious if you've heard anything, you know, uh, you know, what's happening currently in Charlotte. I, you know, is it possible that they are going to rescind the qualifying offer made to Miles Bridges? Any news on that front? So, like we said last night on my the Spotify Live with Mark Stein, um, look, there's still a lot, a lot, a lot to be um, decided and, and, to, and to be figured out. Um, I mean, the Hornets statement that they're doing their research is really all we need to hear. Um, it's just, it's so early, the details of what happened and what have you, but all I can confidently say is that this is going to significantly cost them money and it's going to be, it's going to have ripple effects on Charlotte. I mean, Kelly Oubre's deal would seem likely to be fully guaranteed now. That's probably the only real direct ripple effect that I can confidently say I expect to happen from this at this moment. Gotcha. Thanks, man. Thank you. Um, hold on one second. Okay, I'm going to go to some comments really, really quickly. Refresh the comments. What do we make of the Royce O'Neal trade? Look, the Nets want to win. Royce O'Neal for a first-round pick, pretty good value. That's all that really is. They just had to give up the worst of their two picks. It's basically one of the picks uh, in theory that they got back from Philly. So if you add Royce O'Neal and one less first-round pick for the James Harden package, it's basically what that is. And they want to keep winning. So um, that, that's pretty much all that is. Any insights in the Blazers offseason outside of Nurk? One thing I've been told to look into is a potential return of Robin Lopez. Um, I don't have that. You know, I mean, we're all this is all still early and preliminary, but that's that's something I was told to look out for. Um, what are the next moves you're hitting on the Jazz? Uh, waved Wancho. Now, I, I've been told to keep looking out for Toronto and Rudy Gobert talks, um, but I mean, yeah, like that's a perfect example of something that could get held up with Kevin Durant now. Like if Toronto's making calls on um, on KD, I would I would assume that's going to you know obviously put a, a stopping point in uh, in Utah's conversations. Um, any word on? Sexton or Kyrie as a Mavs backup plan. I don't think Kyrie to Dallas makes sense. Um, I mean, if if they really had strong interest there, then I, mean, I think that would have been explored um, uh, previously. Um, Sexton, maybe. I mean, if they're able to get a traded player exception back for Jalen Brunson at $13 million, um, I believe you can 
figure out a way to do a sign and trade and take a player into the trading player exception. If that's incorrect CBA wise, I apologize, but off the top of my head, I believe that to be true. Um, so maybe, um, I mean, Portland will definitely try to make an offer for KD. I mean, Dame is going to, you know, clearly try to push for that based off his, of his Instagram post, right? Um, going down probably Saturday, I can call in, but I'd be humbled and grateful for a Bobby Portis nugget. And like I written and said, I think he's going back to Milwaukee on four years, uh, a little over 40. Um Answer 99 says, I don't get the appeal of Phoenix, especially without Booker, horrible ownership, whatever. I mean, maybe it's just wanting to win a ring with Chris Paul, honestly. Maybe that's just all it is. Um, Warren Market, everyone seems to love Scottsdale and the Phoenix area in the NBA world. There's a lot of people who, who, who live there um, in the offseason and also kind of have like a home there. Maybe that's what it is. I, I, I really don't know. I mean, Devin Booker would, would, in theory, of course, be a reason why he'd want to go there. But this is going to be a negotiation and a trade. Um, someone says this app is fucking sick. Yes, it is. Appreciate everyone joining in. And again, please make an account, follow our show, subscribe to it. We'll give you push notifications when we're coming up live. Um, and you can only ask us a question. Uh, um, you can only ask us a question if you make an account here. John Doe Slice says, take a dab for us, Jake. Uh, I'm going to need something at the end of today. I will tell you that. This has been... A hell of a ride. Back to the callers. Ruben, how we doing, dude? I'm good, man. Yo, take a dab before. <laughs> That's great, man. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm sure you're exhausted. Um, but I just want to also give you your props. You've been doing amazing work. So even though I'm sure you feel like shit right now, I mean, look <laughs> at how many people are look at how many people are in this call and like this is crazy. Um, Thank you, man. You're just doing amazing I, I, stuff. The support has been very much felt and appreciated. So, and you've always called it a bunch. So, thank you, man. It means a lot. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like a, a compare. You're kind of like the NBA hipsters, uh, Mark Stein, right now. As far as <laughs> like a media I, comparison. I, I mean, everyone in my, I'm pretty accurately. Hipster is a pretty accurate way to describe me. I live in Brooklyn and go to raise and yeah this is yeah well, this is, uh, so so was i and actually i heard you bring this up i forgot who you were talking to um i apologize but you were talking about uh d'angelo russell i think maybe you were with waz you were talking about you like d'angelo russell because of those good times in brooklyn <laughs> you know five years ago or whatever which i was also there for that and that was good but ah. um to tie to tie it into that so you've reported and other people have as well that during, you know, this is like five trade meltdowns ago, but like during the initial Ben Simmons trade request that the Timberwolves were the most consistently active team trying to acquire him. So would you see them trying to get back into the Ben Simmons business, perhaps for D'Angelo Russell, because maybe Brooklyn <laughs> would be one of the only teams in the league that would actually view D'Angelo Russell in a positive way because of their experience with him? It's a good question. I don't know. I don't have that answer. I mean, I have not heard them. I don't think it was like a a ceremonious, an unceremonious exit, but like D'Angelo Russell, from my understanding, knew that he was not going to be back in Brooklyn before the season was over. And he was an all-star that year. He was the guy who brought them to the playoffs. Not a great feeling, right? Um, 
And I mean, from there, like I was told he was even coming into workouts and stuff wearing Ohio State gear and not Nets gear because he kind of knew they were chasing KD and Kyrie. So I don't know if I I just don't I don't I don't know if that's going to do it for the Nets. Yeah, it seems like the Wolves are going to be stuck with him because I just was called. <laughs> sorry, my, my, my brother just called me. Um, but yeah, they value Ben. Oh, do your thing, man. They value they they value Ben Simmons a lot too. Um, so I don't think they're just going to move him for D'Angelo. I think that would be considered. I think that would be considered a below value deal, right? Yeah, I think the Wolves fans are kind of uh, consigned to the fact that like D'Angelo is going to come back, which honestly he was fine last year. I, I feel like everybody that actually is a fan of a team that he's played for is kind of the same opinion, which is like, he's fine. <laughs> you know, he's, yeah, he gets shit on a lot by everybody in, in media and NBA Twitter, but he's actually okay. Like he's not as bad as people say he is, but I actually do want to ask one more question about him because it does seem like, I don't I don't know. It doesn't seem like he's a bad guy, but it seems like for whatever reason, he's just, He's just super unpopular. Is that just a residue still from the Nick Young thing? Or is he just like a prickly dude to be around? Or what's what's the deal with that? I don't think it's prickly, but um, I don't know. I don't want to say too much to talk about personality stuff because I'm not. Yeah, but he's he's not the he's not a he's not the most easygoing guy. I'll say that. That that's probably. I mean, I, and again, I really like D'Angelo Russell from my personal experiences with him. He was super helpful to me uh, when I was working on my book. I when he was with the Warriors. I got him in Philly. I went down to Philly um, to. Ju- I went down to Philly just to talk to D'Lo because he was a big part of that Lakers rebuild when they were featuring in the, the tanking era of my book. Um, I went down to Philly just to t- just to interview him when he was still with the Warriors and it was the day it ended up being the day that Kobe died. Um, Damn. D'Angelo is obviously very close. Um, D'Angelo is obviously very close with Kobe from their rookie season, from his rookie season, uh, Kobe's last season. He just didn't want to talk at shoot around. So then the next day was the game and he didn't, he didn't want to talk pregame. So I had to, I went all the way to Philly just to talk to him on Monday night and then went to the game. Then I had to wait for after the game. He had played like shit. And he still talked to me and gave me about seven minutes of really valuable info. So I like D'Lo a lot, but yeah, apparently. Yeah, he's been he's been great with the media in Minnesota, and like I had. Uh, he's a smart, like, really thoughtful guy. He really is for sure. And like I thought, I, I sat behind the Wolves bench for probably like fifteen games this year, and it's it's interesting because like he seems so chill, like maybe to the point of being aloof and like seemingly uncompetitive. So it seems like it seems weird that. It just seems weird to me that if that anyone would even have that strong of an opinion of him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you, Ruben. Uh, hey, thanks, man. I'm sure we'll talk more Dilo as time goes on. Uh, oh, that's what the Ruben, people... Sorry, Ruben. <laughs> Raphael, how we doing? I got five minutes left and I got to run. I got to start beating July 4th traffic to go be with my family. Uh, what's going on? No worries. Thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah. I was hoping you could just shine a little bit more of a light on the why. Um, obviously, it's KD, so you know uh, that's not an easy question to answer. Um, I'm a Warriors fan. I would love it if he came back here, but obviously, that's not going to happen. Even though it'd be hilarious. Um, I saw some stuff on Twitter just about like you know uh, he wanted Steve Nash fired or um, he wanted them to trade for Jeremy Grant, um, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. If any of that is substantiated, but um, 
I don't think KD wanted Steve Nash fired. I, I I don't have that confirmed, but everything I've been told that I mean they're very close. Kevin Durant and Steve Nash's relationship is a super integral reason to why Steve Nash was even the head coach there in the first place. Mm-hmm. So do you know? Do you have any reason why you why you requested a trade? I don't at this time. The my best guess is because like like I just wrote a BR. I mean Kyrie clearly seemed to make it known his preference to play was in Los Angeles with the Lakers, with LeBron. I do think that that's where he is going to try to get to ultimately, whether if it's, a, if it's in a trade right now, if it's turned into a four or five or six or, you know, however the fuck many team deal with KD, or if he just plays this year out on this last option and goes to the LA for agency. I think that is my best suspicion as to why this came Gotcha. And then one more thing. You said that um, it, it had kind of been known since Monday that he wanted to trade. Is there a reason? Or I did not. I did not say that. I did not say that. Oh, okay. I said people. People around the league were preparing um, for this scenario with the thought of it. If Kyrie actually did the unthinkable, if he actually opted out and took the taxpayer mid level to go to the Lakers, and there would have been no way for Brooklyn to get anything back for Kyrie in return, people were prepared for him to request a trade. So when he opted in, that option seemed like it wasn't going to happen. But sure enough, here we are. And all of the, the pre- preparations that teams were doing under the table, you know, it's now ready to rock. And, yeah, we're, we're now gotcha. in the end game with the KD sweepstakes. All right. Thank you. You got it. Um, we will go to Sean. Sean will probably be our last caller, but maybe we'll be able to get another one in. Sean, how we doing? Sean, you're on mute. All right, Sean, I got to go to Jeremy. Jeremy, how we doing? Hey, what's good, Jake? A lot. How, how are you? <laughs> good, good, good. Bro, as as a Knicks guy, again, we, we've taken so much slack from uh, Nets fans for our front office decisions, especially with the <laughs> trades recently, the Brunson stuff. They've been there. You know, everyone goes crazy for anything the Knicks do. But isn't it time we we look at what Sean Marks has been doing and something definitely happened behind the scenes there in their front office that they're completely dysfunctional too? What what do you think? Look, I'll say as an objective uh, as an objective observer of the league, optimism of Sean Marks' tenure in Brooklyn so far has been that the Nets uh, clearly gave. Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving a lot of power in that front in that franchise and a lot I mean to the point where Kyrie felt emboldened enough to say that he was going to be part of uh, that he was going to be part of the management you know managing this offseason right so that's probably but and then again like the Lakers have done that with LeBron to win a title there I mean the Bucks have done that with Giannis to win a title there so like that's not necessarily foreign to other teams. I mean, like I said earlier, if Sean, um, if Sean, uh, ends up, uh, if Sean ends up pulling off some massive deal that gets him a, a super, uh, you know, sweet return back, um, then like, I think they're going to be fine. But I mean, this is, it's a very, it's an unwritten chapter. We're going to see how things unfold. Yeah. I guess the, the jury's still out on that one. Uh, good to hear from you, Jake. Me too. All right, we'll take one more from David. It's got to be quick. David, how we doing? David, over there. Hey, Jake, can you hear me? Yep, quick, quick, quick. What do we got? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, So with the kind of – Mark Stein just tweeted that um, the Mavs just called off their Brunson meeting. So it seems like the Knicks are really kind of 
um, you know, in, in the, in the driver's seat here, but you know, they suspiciously dumped a lot of salary um, in the last few years, in the last few days um, leading up to the Brunson thing. Do you see a move post Brunson for the Knicks? I don't. Um, I have been told very clearly that um, this Brunson deal is the first big piece of the Knicks overall plans, but that the second thing is not going to necessarily happen anytime soon. They still got a ton of picks and they're now the Knicks from my understanding feel like they've got their number two. They've got their table set up one card is going to lift everybody else up. And, you know, maybe it's Kevin Durant. I doubt it. I mean, that's one thing I didn't write in my story that I probably should have. I really don't think Brooklyn's going to want to stomach trading KD to New York. And I don't think there's going to be, um, I don't think there's going to be a package that really gets their interest there either. Um, But the Knicks will now be ready for when, if and when Donovan requests a trade, Zion requests a trade, whatever. That's their next thing. They don't have anything, I I don't think, in the works right now. Um, All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. We'll be back sometime next week. I don't know off the top of my head. I'll be with Seth Parton on his show, Calling Shots, next week. We're going to be breaking out everything for you. Again, please make an account, follow the show, subscribe. We'll get updates to us. Um, We had so many people in here listening. I'm sorry to the five or six callers I couldn't get to. We did our best. I got to run. Happy holidays. Safe July 4th, everybody. Appreciate you. And enjoy the chaos that's about to start in around 60 minutes as it already has truly begun. Take care.